0: welcome to mindfulness in sport by quality mind where we connect you to the latest science technology and modern day tools so that you can dream it live it whether you're an elite athlete an aspiring athlete a coach a parent or anyone who wants to get more out of your sport and life we can help you get there learn more about the quality mind free app and proven techniques to help you harness the power of your mind With your hosts, professional footballer Sean Higgins and a mind mentor who has worked with elite athletes around the world, Richard Maloney.
1: Welcome to another episode of Mindfulness in Sport with your host Sean Higgins. Once again, I'm joined by the one and only Rich Maloney and Rich, good evening, good morning and good night wherever our listeners are, but another huge episode and it's groundbreaking because it's the first interview live that we're doing.
2: We do. We have a reputable football with us who knows a lot about what we're doing with mindfulness and I'm really excited to hear from the great Trent DeMont in just a minute.
1: So you're right, you touched on it. We've got the great Trent DeMont, a fellow teammate of mine who's been playing at North Melbourne Football Club. Well, alongside, I've been playing alongside him for the last five and a half years. Now, before we get on to our special guests, let's touch a little bit on the landscape of the world at the moment, Rich, and a little bit of the unknown and a little bit of uncertainty around the whole coronavirus which we find ourselves in right in the heart of in australia at the moment
2: it is an amazing experience and that's why i choose to call it an adventure because it, life's changing every day now very quickly as you're well aware and everyone else would be well aware but what's most fascinating is the way people are managing themselves you know like there's a sense of anxiety like I was walking the dog this morning, I usually get up about five in the morning, go for a walk, and usually do a walking meditation. And I noticed today in particular, the people that I passed around the Oval on the streets, none of them smiled or even said good morning. Not one, and I've probably passed a dozen. And usually in this area that I live in, which is a safe, beautiful place, yeah. at least get a smile good morning.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. I, I mentioned to you when we first met this morning that it feels like the, the energy and the vibe around particularly melbourne but our neighborhood which we we both live in a similar area but also you know driving to training and just constantly the noise through media through tv newspaper social media there definitely is a shift in energy at the moment that we're feeling
2: and also and i'm interested to ask you a question about your football club but what i've noticed is there's a sense of relaxation because everyone's cancelled everything Mm. there's nothing now planned there's no trips there's nowhere you need to be other than just make sure you've got your survival kit organized to some degree which is like a new feeling because everyone's usually on the go but now there's a step back and a step to the side which is anxiety but it's like everyone's checking in
1: yeah which is not a bad thing i mean we'll preface it by saying that the death rate and and everything like that we're not playing down it's obviously Mm. a, a serious issue and we want to do our best to minimize the effect that it has particularly on the elderly but i sense that on the other side of this and and we will get through this because the world and our country and ourselves have got through far greater challenges but it feels like at the end of it there may be almost reawakening of how we go about things which could set us up for a for a whole new future
2: i totally agree with you and the way i see the world is not the way a lot of people do but everyone sees the world differently but when you get a common cold when you get a virus as such, myself or my kids or my wife or my family or friends, yep. what I usually find is afterwards you feel completely refreshed. Like you got a mental clarity beyond you had before that. There's the, the lethargy's gone. And I've always called a virus or a cold an upgrade. And so our family, we've been last 10 years saying, I'm getting an upgrade. And I think the planet's ready for one. And I, I agree with what you're saying is because what will come out of this is new technology. It'll become, people will become more hopefully heart-focused. Yep. where The world's very head-focused in terms of what they can get and we're seeing that now, in particular with people scrabbling to get things. And I think the shift in consciousness will change.
1: Yeah, and even the whole the thought around a whole lockdown is what's causing anxiety in the community. But when you think about it, Not everything's shutting down. We've still got our family. We've still got places to go. We've still Mm. got books to read. We've still got music to listen to. Conversations can still be had. If anything, it's bringing us back to the present moment even more.
2: Yeah, yep. So as you know, but for the listeners, I have another company called Engage & Grow, which is in 35 countries. It's an employee happiness franchise or engagement franchise, and we've got nearly 400 licensees. And so I did a viral video to all the coaches the other day. And I said, the number one takeaway from this is now, this is your number one time to do random acts of kindness. Yeah. And we gave a sheet out which had 50 different things to choose from and tick off the box. And you should see what's happening. Every day there's at least 30 to 40 different updates on what they did that day. And they're stuck inside. Like we have people in Spain, in you know, all parts of the world that are actually now separate from the community. And just the fact that everyone's going down that track now is to me a high excitement.
1: And the awareness is increasing, which we've touched on in previous podcasts as well. So let's get into it. Our interview, and I'll touch on it at the start of the show, but it's a big day for the podcast. This is our first live interview in studio, because that's where we are, Rich. (laughs) But we'll also touch on the impact of the coronavirus and, and people as well with Trent, because I know that he's got a broad vision and range of knowledge and experience and the work that he does in our community outside of football as well, but... I mentioned I've played with him. I've been at North for five and a half years. He's been there the whole time. We're on similar journeys in a way, slightly different timings, but I feel like we're connected in in that sense. And he's a part of the Quality Mind family as well. And I welcome him officially. But Trent, thanks for joining us.
3: (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Been hearing about the podcast from uh, Sean for a little while now. So Finally, get on and first guest, which is you know, oh, yeah, it's, my it's cat. A, it's a privilege. Don't, don't get me wrong; you, um, <laughs>
1: no you've done well. Though. We uh, we had to tick them off, but a few people said no. But we're yeah, we okay. okay. happy. <laughs> <out. laughs> no, look, mate, we we wanted to get you on because of I touched on the journey that we've had together, but also your experience in Quality Mine, and and we'll get into that. But for our listeners, I've touched on how long you've been in the AFL, but but maybe a, a quick snapshot of Trent gemont in the the early days and, and coming into what is now
3: your full-time gig at AFL level? Yeah, I was born in Mitcham, so over here in Victoria, and then moved over to Adelaide for Dad's work when I was eight. He was the accountant of Woolworths, and they moved their financial department over there. So yeah, played all my football growing up there, yeah you know, juniors, and then play for your state league club. So I guess, yeah, growing up under 14s, 15s, I started to take football pretty seriously and... Yeah, I was able. To, I was lucky enough in twenty thirteen when we got drafted. Well, I got drafted to play in an SANFL Premiership. I was part of the AIS that year as well. So football was all going pretty well, and life was going well. Did well at school. Yeah, so I finished year twelve. It was a really, really good year for me. Twenty thirteen, I absolutely loved it. So then jumping into my first year the AFL, I was super excited. But yeah, like obviously coming into a professional system, there is a lot more pressure and. Stuff that comes along there, and the way the list was at the time, I was probably wasn't going to get a look in early. Well, and having that mindset, I definitely wasn't going to yeah. get a look in yeah. early. So my first year, I played really good BFL football, and I thought, you know what, next year is going to be a really good year for me. But then, at the end of that year, I um, ran into a bit of trouble with the law. It's been well documented. It's all all good now, all sorted. <laughs> but that went on for two and a half years through the courts and stuff like that so obviously along with that there's a fair bit of stress and i had a few low points along that time and football sort of become less sort of like the last thing on my mind but also it was a fair bit of a stress release for me so coming to the footy club i could sort of leave all that off-field stuff at the club so i sort of Never really saw an issue with the way my football was going because I was like, I'm getting amazing stress reliefs out of this. So that's good. But then obviously that all ended 2017 in January. I entered at Nolly prosequi, which means we no longer want to prosecute, which was a great day for me, obviously after two and a half years. To have that happen then, a bit disappointing, but to have it done it was all well and good, I guess, in the end. So,
2: So that must have been quite an ordeal. Two and a half years, you're at the AFL, should be the, the peak of your your career. So when you say you had low points, how low?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, you should be enjoying yourself in the AFL in your first few years. And oh, football was the last thing on my mind. And yeah, I got as low as thinking about potentially committing suicide. So, so pretty low. That was in 2016. And I've spoken about this before. And it was actually amazing that the timing of it all, and obviously it was meant to be but it was around my 21st that I was thinking that. So I tried to cancel everything with my 21st. Yeah, my mum and my sisters, they must, have, they must have known something was going on. But they uh, threw me a surprise one. There was about 120 people in a, yeah. in a room. And they caught me by surprise back in Adelaide. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about it now because, yeah, it was a life-saving moment.
2: Did you inform the club that you're at that level of
3: concern? No. No, I was pretty close about it. A lot of people wouldn't have even known like that I was down. Like I'd obviously have my off off days, but yeah, they, the club amazing with that sort of thing Mm. and they've got better and better. But over time, well, at that time, I, um, yeah, it was a pretty closed book.
2: Mm. So then you came out of it.
3: Yeah, came out of it. Obviously felt like the world was lifted off my shoulders at that time and started to, you know, look into, well, what was going on there? How did I get, get to that level? So I started reading up on it, catching up with the club psych. But I only really dabbled there because I felt like that initial release, like, oh, that'll never happen again. And then, yeah, obviously with 2017, the charges got dropped. And then I thought, you know what, we'll be back here. And I was moving into football and then I started to feel all this pressure on field and I was like, this shouldn't happen. And I guess the turning point for my career and my mental side of the game was 2018. I was playing in a trial match a JLT game against Richmond and we're playing our best 22 and we were going to struggle that year and I was sitting on the bench to play the second half because I wasn't in the best 22 so that was the turning point for me to go all this stress on field is making me obviously play poorly and I'm not dealing with it well so I went and saw the psych and I really started to convince my mental side of the game and my career and try and get the best out of it that I could and at the time I was reading a book called Legacy so there's some beautiful points on the leadership model they the all blacks in there so yeah the timing of everything was perfect and sort of changed my career around and then yeah we moved moved forward and that was a year and I ended up finishing from not being in the best 22 to finishing fifth in or equal fifth in the BNF and then he go obviously we've got a close connection he we went away on a trip to Byron together and yeah obviously invested a fair bit of time into me which i really appreciate yeah and then he obviously mentioned quality mind and what that could do for me and yeah from there jumped in and met you and came up to where were we sandringham football club and i listened to you speak excited me and i thought you know what i'll give this a chance (laughs) do you remember anything about that chat at the
1: sandy footy oval and and what as crazy as it sounded but something would have had to drop and resonate with you that gave you enough of a feeling to think, you know what, this
3: I can slightly understand what this crazy guy's talking about. I remember him talking about the child and the master and how the child had all the limiting beliefs and everything the master's like the Sherpa and you kept talking about <laughs> Top of the Mountain. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? And yeah, so I I, I guess there was just <laughs> And I was just buying off his energy a fair bit as well. Yeah. Like Rich has this thing about him he's just got this field around him that energizes yeah so yeah I thought all oh, the child the mindset of the child what that I sort of could could relate to both yeah like to both the yeah. master and the child like oh no times when I've done that oh no times when I've done that and I'm yeah. like well he obviously he's got methods that he thinks can get me in the like where the master is um more often than not and I'm like I want to be there so I'll mm. try this. Rich what was your early
1: days or first experiences crossing paths with Trent because I know we had some conversations about it and there's been a number of players and still are players that I play with and, and we chat about it and I get a sense that I can almost see myself in them a little bit and feel what they're feeling and going through and the challenges that they've had and also the opportunity and the potential that they've got to, mm. I can put myself in their shoes and I'm probably looking at some guys in the the exact same way that that you looked at me early days. We've touched on our initial relationship and sort of what sparked that. And funnily enough, it was when I was at rock bottom as well, Mm. that there's something happens when you're there that opens you up. It's a little bit like you mentioned what the world's going through at the moment. But Mm. what was it that you saw in Trent?
2: So that night at Sandringham, I had that 40, 50 people in the room? Yeah. Roughly. And I do remember Trent, because I, co- I coached a lot of people. And so what I look for when I'm coaching people is for when people are yawning, when people are scratching, when people are really going through a lot of animated body language talk. And so that to me means that you're processing and you're getting challenged and your mind is possibly opening. So I do remember you in the audience doing a lot of head rolling and a lot of, you know, trying to gather your thoughts. And I realized at some stages you were off, you know, trying to put the puzzle together, Right. Yeah. and you sort of knew the pace pieces could fit and so to your credit you got it and then uh, we're what a year or so down the track now but I guess in the first few sessions with Trent I really admired his eagerness to learn because you'd probably been through that hardship you knew you because you guys are like you've only got a, a window of opportunity and I think you've realized that and you're taking yourself far more professionally and that's what I gathered and I think the conversation was along the lines of you're ready to go there you know and you were like, "Yep." I remember that this guy's worth investing. Mm. If you take yourself
1: back to the early days and your first two or three years in your career, Froggy, to what you do now, and we've touched on habits and what mindfulness is for us, but what's changed for you? What are some of the key triggers or principles that you look at and go, I wasn't doing that then and I do that now, or I understand that now that I didn't understand back then?
3: Good question. Remember something like there was a meditation that I did that really sparked me with, you know what's the difference between me being a superstar or me getting delisted next year and really it just came down to me like i had all the power yeah and that was that was like a real big moment for me where i was like yeah where i was just like i'm getting in the way of myself here yeah and i'm blaming people or blaming things or finding things that aren't going my way but really it's my mindset towards each situation that that is creating that barrier. So I had to open my mindset to what I was doing that and have a real good hard look in the mirror about what I was doing that wasn't aligning with being an AFL star.
2: So this is a great conversation. So you're saying you got to the point where you knew you had the power and you yeah. knew you made had to make better decisions. Is that what we had? Yes, having? absolutely. So if you were to become the greatest of your get the flesh out the last insy bit of talent and to become the player you always dreamed of, what maybe back then or even now, you can be honest now if you want, is the gap. What's the gap? Did you need to improve on or what do you still need to improve on to become that player?
3: So I've certainly improved and where to catch up last week that I was sort of going along but not really being at the best of my ability and it's, it's again like worrying about making sure others are doing the right things and helping them to be their best versus mm-hmm. focusing on myself Mm. and making sure you know my energy is right and i'm doing the right things and leading by example and then obviously all those things that i want for others will come along with that but i think it's yeah where i'm where i'm investing my energy yeah yeah but with yeah obviously noticing those things that i was doing that could be diet drinking not training hard enough and just not being regimented with my schedule and stuff those were all the things that i I wrote a plan out and with that plan, I went forward and just followed it to the T. And, yeah, I have my moments where I may not do that now and I need a kick in the ass and go forward from there. But, yeah, that's sort of, I reckon, one thing is that everyone, each individual has the power to be their best. I just got to get out your own way.
1: Froggy, we've touched on in previous episodes a little bit around thought shopping and the awareness of the language that goes on. In our own minds and the impact that has on the feelings and then obviously energy and and performance and behaviors and the actions that we take but for you what was some of the language that you were telling yourself or some of the limiting beliefs you had then that you've been able to eliminate maybe not fully but
3: you're aware of when they pop up that they're not helpful yeah so limiting beliefs is obviously trying to rip them out is the most important thing to go into the next level of my career and a lot of them i no offense to him but I take it from my dad (laughs) so he he was super well he was trying his best he was trying his best to get the best out of me as a kid and he thought if he told me I wasn't good enough at this or I wasn't good enough at that specifically you're not fast enough or your skills aren't good enough he would sort of use that negative connotation to spur me on to work harder at it to get better at it and it did it worked to a point but you do as, take it on as it? you as you flow down the track. That's just sitting there. That's an yeah, underlying thing, yeah. and I'm really trying to work at getting all that out. And yeah, I have moments where I have those feelings. I have that doubt pop in again, but it's all part of the journey. And
2: isn't it interesting? Yeah. Isn't it like your dad's just trying to give you love by motivating you? Yet those those slight comments, even when you get off the ground as a 14 year old, can sometimes linger.
3: Oh yeah, we. <laughs> mum's like no talking in the car on the way home like it's quiet in the car and then you'd be like no you missed that tackle on the window and then we'd be going at each other but yeah it's a long drive usually from the football grounds for us but do you see that a bit rich with with
1: athletes i know we've touched on the pressures and that's just one form of the pressure and we're not saying that the parents are the causes for this Mm. solely but it's because they weren't educated Is that a common trend in athletes that you see and might not necessarily be parents but even coaches through the junior days
2: there's been occasions where i've had athletes and i've had to actually coach their parents along the way and actually pull them in and say listen can we have a chat because as you both know and and people that do quality of mind i get access to your mind via a dashboard so i can go into your mind and see what's going on so a lot of times i can see there's a lot of frustrations there bearing down from parenthood to the athlete so yes to answer your question, there's, and it's like Trent saying, there's, there's, we live in duality, so there's good from that comment and then the fact that he's yeah. now remembered that and yeah. he's repeating that creates the bad, which means, you know, not it's like good and bad, but just what works and what doesn't at certain times. At the office here, like, we have athletes that come in that are younger and if the kid's usually got high anxiety, the mother has it or the yeah. father has it. It's yeah. just simple as that. It's just float
1: on. What's some of the language, though, you give to the parents? Because, I mean, you're a parent as well. I'm a parent. Our listeners are the same. Potentially they've been impacted by what coaches or parents have said in the past. What's some of the work you do with them?
2: Yeah, so, well, I teach parents to talk on options. Don't come in and say, you know, that was a shit-ass game or whatever it may be. That's not going to get you so far. Say, what are your thoughts and what were your options in that situation? How would you go about it differently? So give the power back to the person to go there if it's a really – if they're in a bad funk, and what are your options to get out? So, always getting the brain to make choices. I think that's critically important. I mean, and so you don't do the thinking for them. You're trying to make the parents aware of that's right. What so, so, I mean, even coaches Higo, go like yeah. I see in the back end dashboard the impact the coaches have had on the young athlete coming through just by their mood just by one comment or just going off the rails at a stuff up yeah and then seeing that an athlete takes four to five days to get over that where it didn't need to happen yeah so managing your state as a coach is unbelievably important yeah and i suppose as a parent more so because you're in the inner sanctum
1: well on that note we'll get back to froggy but Mm. just after this short break
0: Mindfulness in sport is proudly brought to you by Quality Mind. Download the free Quality Mind app today if you're interested in learning more about mindfulness and further creating the life you've always dreamed of. Simply download the free Quality Mind app from the App Store or Google Play today or visit qualitymindglobal.com and take our free 60-second performance scorecard questionnaire today to find out how well you're going when it comes to being mindfully balanced.
1: So Trent, a couple of really good, Discussion points early on. There, we've done a full episode on habits. Can you chat to us and inform the listeners a couple of key habits or behaviours that that you make sure you tick off on a daily and and weekly basis, particularly leading
3: in to games? Yes, obviously, habits are super important to give me the presence of mind and quality mind. Geez, I'll chuck it in there. But yeah, to give me that that mind that. I feel like allows me to live my best life but yeah. also go out in the field and just play and have that state of flow. So, yeah, each morning I'll start with cold shower. while I'm shaking the hands in yeah, here. Wear a cold core. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do some breathing techniques. I'll jump on the HeartMath app, which I have you guys spoken about that on really? here? Not yet. Not yet, but we'll get there probably. Um, do a little bit of gratitude um, yep. and set my intentions for the day. Yeah. I'll find in the mornings... If I can win my morning, that'll set me up for the entire day because when I wake up, sometimes I'm like, ugh. So, yeah, yeah, I just need to get going in the morning. So I've got a bit of a process there, meditate at the club, and then at night I'll do a fair bit of reflection. So I've got a little page here, but, yeah, so get all
2: that done. A reflection being you'll make a journal?
3: Yeah, yeah, got a journal, yeah, and then screenshot that and chuck that on the app.
2: What do you journal?
3: So... If anything throughout the day has frustrated me, what? why does that frustrate me or what lesson can I get from people in my life or things that have happened to me today? So you obviously got the mirror reflection. So mm-hmm. really at the moment, I'm working at trying to chuck my head on someone else's head mm-hmm. and sort of see what I'm trying to teach myself through mm-hmm. my feelings towards that person. We
2: can talk about that in a minute. Yep.
3: Yep. Yeah, so and then I've got football, I've got my 100-point plan, so things that I've got to tick off throughout the week, whether that be massages, ice baths, cryotherapy, meditation, and that, those meditations range from, I'll make sure I do a walking one, and there's this Dr. Joe one, the blessing of the yep. chakras. so centers. yeah, energy what? centers, yeah. yeah, and that's a good one, I find that gets me up and about, so yeah, I jump on that, and yeah, that's that's about it. I. It's pretty simple at the end of the day, but it's just about doing it and doing it consistently, and that just allows you to live at your highest excitement. And it also, you mentioned it early on in your point.
1: It, it, firstly, though, that's that's a, it's an amazing morning, isn't it? Well, we've touched on this in previous episodes, but the power of that meditation early and and in Trent's words, he sets his intentions for the day, and that for me is something that's so important. And I use it even more so going into games, which was spoken about, but setting how I'm going to feel post-game and I'll be keen to chat to Trent a little bit more about once he's ticked off that 100 point plan and once he's gone through his habits and ticked off the week you then said it allows you to to play in flow or in zone or we've chatted about this I'll call it the no thing but whatever it is for you is that so important so then when you get to
3: games you don't have to think about it? yeah yeah it is you'd have this as well and rich would had this back when he used to rip it up on field (laughs) but uh you walk off playing your best game and you don't know how you've done it yeah and that's that's a good sign for obviously just how you've gone about your week so you don't have to think and everything's just on autopilot because you already know how to play the game you already know what you got to do you've done all your homework the game plan for the team set up and you just go out there and you execute it there's something in that rich isn't there like the
1: Everyone I've spoken to in footy, but also other sports, when they're in the zone, it's there's no control. It does just come to you, but it's sort of like, how do I get there for some people? And the more you force it, the further you get away from it. And then it comes to you and then you think, how did I do that? I want to get there again. But Mm. you talk about being present and enjoying the now is the mastery of the mind for us athletes to be able to get to that place of no thing or that unknown of being able to just to perform that Trent spoke about is is like utopia for us. That's mm. that's exactly the place we need to get there. The the conundrum is most of the time we we don't know how we got there or mm. what we need to do. But that's why that hundred point plan and the process throughout the Monday to Friday is so important that when you get to game day it's just on autopilot.
2: Yep. That is the key. So that's why I, my theology is that just 70 to 80% of your success on field comes from your off-field work. Yeah. And we were, we we're using the word cleaning down here. And I'll probably say, what do you mean by cleaning down? And that's exactly what Trent's talking about is you're journaling. Yep. You're meditating. Yep. You're waking up in the morning with a killer mindset and you're excited. I mean, excitement's the key. Yeah. You think about all the times you've played footy poorly, you're probably not excited. Absolutely. Do you know what I, mean? I yeah. mean? Yeah. And you look at FRL players today or even around the world and they're so caught up in in the worries.
1: Let's touch on a little bit that Trent spoke about before, but the mirroring. So yeah. if, I think it's it's awesome that Trent uses that as a, another tool in his kit bag to reflect on the day. But, Rich, from your point of view, and you've been dissecting all the different principles of quality mind, but mirroring is one, one aspect of it. Let's Let's chat a little bit about it and – almost teach the listeners while we go of what that is and how can we use it.
2: The mirror is a Kao Jung philosophy and quite simply is the way I explain it is like this. So you are the center of your own universe. If you were the center of your own universe, all right, you are the planet. Okay? Yep. I'm giving a metaphor, obviously. And what if you look around the planet today, then there's a bunch of satellites and a satellite's role is to reflect messages tv messages whatever it may be and they bounce messages back to the planet simplistically if you are the center of your own universe then those satellites around your planet your reflections which are your your parents your mates the people in your life that you have around you that you usually have issues with challenges that could
1: also be situations problems challenges that we face
2: yeah, that's right. I usually try to simplify even just to the person because it's usually a person, and it could be the person that served you a coffee. Yeah, but just say, for instance, your mother, which is and your father, are deliberately designed to push your buttons the most. And so, when we say I have an issue with that person, the word is you. <laughs> right, I have an issue, which means that person is you. So. There's a lesson in that person. So the whole reason for you guys as AFL footballers and for anyone walking through everyday existence is to get to know who you are. The more you know who you are, the more self-worth you have, the more happiness you carry, and the, more, the stronger found mental foundation that you have. So when pressure comes on, it's not really impacting your mind or your body. And so the people in your life are carrying gifts for you. What's the gift? Well, most people say they're the problem, right? But actually, it's a gift there. So once you pair it back, and the easiest way to do it, what Trent was alluding to is I sometimes, with all, all the time with my clients when I go through this with this structure is to get them to just close your eyes and imagine that that person, your mother, your sister, your brother, one at a time, put your face on their face, have a game with this. It's just a game. And then say, what is the gift I need to give to myself? Yeah. And then wait. And then listen and be honest and stay there all right because you've got to remove the person's face so you can get the message because when you see the person's face there's a trigger there usually that, that pisses you off right
3: last week I was doing a fair bit of that <laughs> I spent probably all of last week putting my face on my on my family's <laughs> face and us, There's us, a lot of there's a
1: lot of stuff going on give us one like I don't want to put you on the spot but can you give us one example of- <laughs> he's on the spot it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be your parents or you. No, to, no, no. You I'll mate. give, I'll give sure you, you no, no, one. No, I'll, right. I'll give
3: you one. I'll give you one. So back back home in Adelaide, my family's toilet broke, and <laughs> <laughs> we we're using a portaloo inside the toilet. And yeah, it, I was I was having to go down to the local shopping center because I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not doing <laughs> that. I'm not doing that to the me old man. He he, he has to clean that <laughs> thing. That is gross so I just yeah I was doing the drive and I was getting frustrated dad not getting it fixed already and yeah I just remember that was just annoying me and then yeah the lessons it was giving me like there's a fair bit of stuff that I've got to fix around my house (laughs) and you know just say it be lawns or gardening and I looked at my house last week and garden was an absolute mess and I'm just like what are you doing like this is exactly what you were getting stuck into that about
2: so go to the loo right so your frustration <laughs> built up over three weeks and yeah. you were pissed off with your father yeah i mean the loo is the example for the frustration to come up mm, yeah right? so <laughs> you carried that right yeah absolutely for how long were you carrying that frustration
3: until last week so i say almost two two three months
2: all right so really so and then you got back from christmas mm. and got yourself injured right
3: yeah yeah sorry i didn't mention that i did i um copped a hell of a corky, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: put me out for two weeks and put me behind the eight ball. And I felt like last week I was really behind the eight ball and that's because mentally I was.
2: So what was the reflection gift from your father? What do you need to work on in yourself that your father was showing up for you?
3: Make sure, well, for me, make sure that I'm on top of my processes. So last week I wasn't doing my morning routine as solidly as I should. So for me, that's like tidying my backyard, making sure everything's clean. Yeah. So that cleaning down, sort of, yeah, reflects back to that. And the last week I've been doing it and I feel it's funny how you can feel like you're going from not being very good at all to being back at the top of your game yeah. in a week. And this is why the clean down process is so important, Rich, because the one, I mean, the
1: isolated incident of Froggy's toilet episode <laughs> is not that big really. And one thought that we have is not that big. It's like I've heard the metaphors holding a glass of water for two seconds is no issue at all mm. so holding a thought for come and go it's that's fine holding then the glass for an hour is starts to get a little bit heavy it's the same it's mm-hmm. the same glass holding to that thought for a week becomes to weigh us down a little bit mm-hmm. froggy's experience he's held it for now what two or three months from that one thought by not cleaning down is like holding that one glass of water that if it comes and goes, it's no dramas at all. But you hold on to it for a month; it weighs you down.
2: She was heavy. <laughs> she was heavy. She was <laughs> like a jug of beer at the end of the day. <laughs> so, did you when you did the reflection model, and we'll finish on this? But you did. You, you saw yourself. The message was: you need to clean up your backyard, and you've got to fine tune yourself yep. back to a Formula One
3: type. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, you, and, yep. and I've been doing that for seven days, and feel unreal.
2: Well done. So
3: I hope that's clear. I don't want to
1: put froggy him or anything like that but we've touched on the footy space and the impact that the mind for him is going yeah well, and i'll go him i'll go in. And I'll, i'm gonna give him a pump up but i don't want him to get embarrassed by it but froggy let's chat a little bit about it's been a great chat so far but let's chat a little bit about your involvement in the community and where the interest in the mind for you probably started as a footballer but how that's expanded to and tell us everything you do it's what it's not a pump up session for you but it's just acknowledging the work that you do and the journey that you're on but let's have a chat about how you've transformed your footy life and growth in the mind area to now outside of football and the and the help that you
3: give community thanks mate yeah so I'd, obviously I, I feel like as i go on my journey and and learn all these things and you know work towards becoming my best self i would love to affect that on other people as well so yeah throughout my time with footy and footy's brilliant for this like gives you opportunities to actually go and positively engage with the community. And so I've done some work with Ladder which is a youth homelessness foundation, mentored a young lad there. Yeah, spent spent a fair bit of time doing stuff with them, whether that just be a little day clinic or things like that to help out because youth homelessness is pretty pretty upsetting just in regards to how unlucky some people are and it gives you perspective on how fortunate you are so the lessons you can gain from that sort of thing is is amazing through a few of your comments towards red dust and will minson being on the board at red dust they're they're a foundation that go up and visit remote communities in a northern territory i've got involved with that last year and now i'm doing a bit of work in sales and sponsorship although I won't be doing much of that with the coronavirus around at the moment, but yeah, so just helping them as much as possible because, yeah, visiting those communities was amazing and you see how good you got it, but, and you just want to help those people as much as possible. Why do you do that? Well, one of my highest excitements is, well, my highest excitement, my purpose, my why is to make others happy, which makes me happy. So yeah, that's one thing. i will want to be as happy as possible. And I think the community vibe, I guess, of everyone, you know, joining in together to work towards making everyone's lives better, yeah, is for me really like a really wholesome feeling.
2: What's your why, Higo?
3: Oh, that's a good
1: question to put me on the spot, Rich, (laughs) but um, we've probably got an episode in this because we worked it out last year. I was going through some challenges, but it really is for to be the light for people and to allow people... Without trying to force it down their throat or to try and me personally change them because that's impossible for me to do that. But just to show them the way and be the the beacon of light for change.
3: Yeah, which he's been amazing for me in terms of that. Like, just he's obviously focused on himself and doing all that well. And we're talking about fields and energy fields and stuff. And you attract to you what what you're giving off. And that's why I think we get along really well now.
2: So now that you know what you know and you've got a lot of young kids at the club and it's like you've got an older brain now, an older mind, you know, how do you then go and help those young kids when they know when they were like you back then? What Well, I
3: try and mention as much as possible the stuff that I do, that we do, and try and, you know, give them the lessons and I find sometimes maybe I chase that a little bit too hard, and it, that's when I can go away from what I wanna to do the to, and I think the best way of doing it is just giving the examples by you doing it Mm. and and then i he go obviously superstar of our competition ultimate professional like i see that and i go i'm attracted to that so Mm. if i just focus on doing those things people will come along so are you finding that yeah i have found that Yeah, a lot of people come and ask me questions now about what i do we should touch on rich in
1: what year was it It did you say 2017
3: or 18 that you were when i was sitting on the pine yeah A busy park against richmond yeah i remember the game we got smashed in the second half doing a run through every two minutes but what what year was that (laughs) that was 2018 2018 just off 2017 where we we were playing for the wooden spoon yeah so expecting to be part of that side not in the best 22 yeah so only within
1: two seasons and this is amazing how quickly transformation can take place this is two weeks prior to round one for Mm. our listeners And no more games until round one. Trent finds himself sitting on the interchange bench outside the coach's best 22, really, because we're having a full run leading into that season. And within 24 games, he finishes top five in the Best and Fairest both years. He's now elevated himself into the leadership group for the first time and playing arguably his best football ever and has turned himself into one of the great leaders of our football club and it's just i mean at, at that time you would have thought you were miles away from that and
3: now fast forward probably only 18 months and yeah you've ticked all that off yeah that was the furthest thing from my thought being in the leadership group at the time the leadership group probably hated me at the time so <laughs> nah but on that as well like i was telling blokes that position at the start of the year at the end of 2018 and they're like no you weren't no you, you're kidding me you, there's no way you weren't in our best 22. Just because of the work that I'd put in that year, they just couldn't see it. But I was like, I was there, mate. <laughs> I was definitely outside the best 22. So, yeah. And it's funny, it was all just through the power of the mind and me getting out of my own way. And I'm just committing to just being in that sort of state with my committing mind. To the committing the new to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Committing to what I always wanted to be. Yeah. And Closing the gap. Yep. Yeah.
2: So, it's like you, when you, I mean, this is my opinion and I, something I encourage is when you do start going into this world is you've got to put the blinkers on don't you you've got to get a bit selfish in terms of really learn the craft like as as trent you've got a big heart mate definitely and you i love what you said before about you get excitement from other people i'm the same but when you're an athlete you're ilk you're like a formula one car you've got to preserve your energy because there's so many people out there will take your energy and you're an energy giver right so you've gone in You've gone in, right? Yeah. Into your own, into your own world and, and you conquered it. Well, I'm saying this for a reason because a lot of people don't like going within. It's a scary
1: place. If you don't go within, Rich, you go without. That's it, buddy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done for the day after that. But no, in all seriousness, it's it's been a – well, thanks for coming in, Trent, but it's been a, a great chat and so many lessons reinforced for us that we've already spoken about that hopefully our listeners can – can gain knowledge but also be confident that that these things work and some of the things you touched on about your morning habits setting up your day your the little procedure that you go through in the morning with meditation thought shopping getting that excitement up the 100 point plan that you build throughout the week to be able to get you to a position and a frame of mind to be able to play the reflection process which mirroring it's great that rich gave us an insight in in that as well journaling which I've mentioned for me is so important as well. But it's great that you see huge benefit in that and also your purpose of of giving back and giving to the community and making people happy. There's some there's some great lessons there for our listeners to try and maybe implement one or two of them in their daily routine.
2: Well, it works. Last question for you before we knock off, and I'm gonna ask you to publicly put it out there. What are your goals for this season if we play football? When we play football. When we play football. You want to share anything? Is there anything in particular, or you want to move on quickly? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, nah, go set, there. Set the, set the bar high this year. I want to be all Australian. Yeah, I love I just got to keep, yeah, keep on this path. Obviously, yeah, just try and making an up upward, upward trend. Try, I, I will make it an upward trend. See, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> we got to keep keep working towards it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to I want us to be in finals as well. That's it's probably my main driver. Yeah, I want the team
2: to be in finals. Top three BNF this year? Your top four last year? I hope so. What do you mean? What Are <laughs> we going for it? I'm being
3: very diplomatic at the moment, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> if these mics were off. <laughs> yeah, if the mics are off, it different.
1: Yeah, I'll be top three this year. There we go. Yeah. Well, the message in that, I know you boys are joking about <laughs> it, but Froggy's done so much work to set those intentions and those goals, hasn't he? So, mm. Well, yeah. he had an intention to be in the leadership group. And we tick that off? Yep.
2: In top five BNF? We yep. tick
1: off, don't we? Well i mean you don't have to tell everyone but you've already put it out there frog so i know it'll happen if it's not this year it'll be next year but well that's a wrap rich Mm. it was great to to have you in trent thanks for coming in i hope you enjoyed it i'm sure our listeners will because of the knowledge that you gave and it's an amazing story it's all happened really quickly but there's so much background to every story and i think you're a great reflection of the work that you've done but also a tool that people can learn off so Well done, mate. Thanks for coming in. And anything for you, Rich?
2: No, just everyone out there in this big wide world whilst we're under a little bit of pressure is to go to your heart space as much as possible and get out of your head and go and assist others right now is the most important thing because this is when authenticity shines through and the world we're moving to is going to be more heart focused. And that sounds a bit woo woo to some people, but that's the world I want.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. It's, that was awesome. That was awesome. I'm feeling feeling energized at the moment being around you two. It's good. <laughs> His excitement's up. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again, and we look forward to
1: another episode next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Mindfulness in Sport. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Download the free Quality Mind app today and visit qualitymindglobal.com to learn more. Also follow Sean and Richard via the Mindfulness in Sport Instagram page today.